Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children. In music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects 
vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. This is the Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. For those of you who don't know, the Fringe FM broadcasts the Secret Teachings Monday through Friday. But you can also find us on a one-hour weekend edition on Aftermath FM and the full show archive for both shows at thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to contact us tonight rdgable at yahoo.com that's rdgable at yahoo.com today's date january 4th into january 5th of 2022 the year of the tiger as we've been discussing here on the secret teachings and as we talked about with clyde lewis last night on ground zero And so as we embarked on this year of the tiger, a lot of things are very, very clear already. Last year, we discussed Thanksgiving and Christmas and how there's a cultural assault on religion and faith in general. Although I'm not a Christian who believes that my belief system is under assault, I do indeed believe that there is a war on Christmas and there's a war on Thanksgiving because these are cultural symbols. These are traditions. A lot of people with faith, unfortunately, I think, exaggerate these general assaults on their specific beliefs, but there certainly is an attempt to destroy culture, customs, habits, and ideas, part of an ideological doctrine that I've talked about dozens of times on the show, and that's called the Four Olds. It's today a covert for a lot, but a very blatant for some of us form of Maoism. And these olds can be expanded to the introduction of things like homosexual pornography in the classrooms across the United States for children, the chanting of cannibalistic gods in Californian schoolrooms, the sacrificing of children on the altar of social justice and political correction, especially through experimental medical trials. And all these weapons target the youth. They corrupt their moral centers and prepare their minds for a download of ideological prejudice and the acceptance of censorship and violence in the name of equality. And compounding this is the notion that one is an oppressor or oppressed simply because of their skin color or ethnicity, a discriminatory ideology based on genetic guilt, another tenet of cultural Marxism. And it's part of the process for which democide or genocide will eventually be carried out. The undermining of culture seeks to sever the connection between the individual and the larger community. Virtually every non-legislative recommendation from federal agencies, local government, and state governments have done just that in the name of public health over the last two years. The undermining has resulted in further moral degeneration and cultural decline. Every single public health policy has worked and intended to separate families, isolate children, inhibit learning, destroy businesses, and work to destroy infrastructure in the name of building back better. This is Maoist and Marxist ideology. It is the great leap forward, or better known as the great leap forward reset. Now, there are ways in which we can discuss this that can be interpreted political, and there are ways that we can discuss it that would be interpreted 
as esoteric or perhaps more parapolitical. And we give you that here on The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday. We give it to you for one hour, Saturday mornings on our TST Weekends show. And we bring guests on the broadcast sometimes to discuss these things, to get different perspectives and a different take on them. And tonight we're going to welcome Leo Zagami onto the broadcast for the remainder of the show after this first segment. Leo Zagami is, I would say, an expert on what all of this means. And furthermore, what is the, the significance of NASA and the federal government in the United States and other countries openly now, publicly acknowledging that, yes, there are UFOs and UAPs, and we're going to study those in great detail, and we're going to replicate them, quote-unquote. And we're going to talk to Leo about all of that tonight. But before we get to Leo, before we go any further, I want to let you know that if you go to the website, thesecretteachings.info, we have a free archive now. If you've never been able to subscribe to the show and you couldn't access the handful of shows or you didn't access the handful of shows, or maybe you did and you listened to them that we had available for free, you can listen to the whole archive now going back 300 episodes on The Fringe FM. And there's a link to that on the website. There's also a link to the 15 episodes we've done. It's one a week, so we've done it for 15 weeks, of TST Weekends. And that archive is on the website as well. So if you go to thesecretteachings.info, look at the top of the page, you'll see Free Archive. You hover your cursor over it, you'll see The Secret Teachings and TST Weekends. If you click on one of those It'll bring up the free archive. You can listen to those shows, but you will have advertisements. And you can also find a link underneath of that archive to Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Deezer, Podcast Addict, uh, GeoSavin, Podchaser, CastBox, and Google. Most of those, not all of them, most of those should be active. So whatever you listen on, you can listen to the show now for free. You just have to listen to a bunch of those pesky advertisements and I've always been honest with you what we're doing is we're trying to monetize the show through these ways and if you don't want to listen to the ads you can subscribe to the archive what it does is it gives you access not only to those recent 300 or so episodes since we started on the fringe it gives you access to all of our episodes going back to 2013 even before we were a professional show you'll get access to the montage archive and you'll get digital copies of each one of my books, which are literally thousands of thousands and thousands of pages of what you hear on The Secret Teachings night in and night out. And you can get access to all of that at thesecretteachings.info. You can also sign up to Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. And again, if you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. So I thought we'd bring Leo Zagami on the broadcast tonight because I thought he would be able to give us uh, a unique perspective, a, a different viewpoint perhaps, but a, but a unique perspective, uh, one that is probably quite parallel to what we normally discuss on this show. And uh, one of the books that Leo wrote that I found uh, really helpful in uh, deciphering the, the subject of uh, the occult nature of ufology is a book called Invisible Master. And uh, Leo actually gave me this book uh, at an event we had in Palm Springs, or right outside Palm Springs, uh, like two, was it two, three years ago, two and a half years ago? 
uh, we had a little get together after a conference and Leo gave me a copy of this book and he did a little private presentation for all of us who were at this event. And, uh, you know, a lot of people might not uh, know that Leo Zagami is very well versed on the subject of, of UFOs. And again, he's going to provide us with uh, his take on all of this tonight on the broadcast coming up in the next segment. And, and see, what I've been talking about uh, that I want to talk to Leo about as well is that, and, and I've said this, you know, dozens of times, but it, it, it warrants being said again. NASA is now using their James Webb telescope to not only rewrite our understanding of the universe at large, but according to some reports, to rewrite sacred scripture. And we know that uh, successive heads of the Vatican Observatory have taken the subject of extraterrestrials and uh, utilized it to suggest that these beings are, in in a way, uh, the return of God, uh, that they don't need to be redeemed, they don't even need to be baptized, they are like God. Maybe that's because of their technology or whatever the case might be. But, you know, NASA has called on 24 theologians as well to assist in this announcement of alien life to the public. Uh, Leo Zagami, our guest tonight, has, has also wrote about that as well recently. NASA has asked the scientific community to create a framework for classifying alien life. So as all this is happening, I can't help but think there's a ruse. I can't help but think there's a ruse because I feel that all the evidence is pointing to a ruse. The Pentagon's new investigative unit for UAPs is not only going to investigate those UAPs, kind of like a contemporary version of Project Blue Book, which sought to discredit legitimate sightings by promoting sightings that were, of course, difficult to classify at first, but ultimately determined to be of human origin. They also wish to reverse engineer these craft by what they call replication. The idea here, the idea here is, uh, you know, the, the, it's the implication, the implication that life exists beyond Earth, and the idea that these extraterrestrials may be far more advanced in some respect, insinuating that humans can learn a lot from them and perhaps advanced technologically. And see, I think the problem here, though, is for me, at least, that the Pentagon wants to openly replicate these craft. And, and so it's not so far-fetched to think that the official disclosure of E.T. through an implicating process could be enforced by the directing of the narrative and the camera lens to man-made or, uh, you know, man-made uh, classical or more exotic-looking craft that don't come from another world, don't come from another dimension. They're very human in nature. That's not to say that there aren't extraterrestrials and there aren't certainly beings from other dimensions, perhaps, as well. If you go back to the 1940s, and especially the detonation of of the Trinity bomb and then now the contemporary version of that in CERN and the creation of uh, dark matter and things like that. But uh, the idea is that by controlling the narrative, governments, the media, etc., could officially acknowledge yet maintain a plausible deniability and, of course, responsibility on the subject of extraterrestrials. Groups could use that potential threat as just that, a potential or implied threat that could be used just like an invisible virus on a larger scale to curtail human movement in the name of national security or in the name of climate change and, you know, basically all based on this this last card, this fake alien threat. It doesn't have to be a real alien threat. It's a fake alien threat. It's not real. It doesn't mean aliens are going to come down in spaceships and they're really humans in alien costumes or something like that, uh, which is like my absolute favorite episode of the X-Files, uh, Jose, Chung, uh, Jose Chung's From Outer Space. That's a really good episode uh, where you find out that a lot of the alien abductions are carried out by the military. That's kind of part of that Mill Labs theory that a lot of ufologists don't like because there's not a lot of money in that. 
not a lot of money in it because it's not as it's not as sensational, right? Well, you know, the, the alien presence, whether it's real, imagined, or both, through reverse engineering in particular, would allow for the open publication of technology to save us from the climate crisis, which is where we're going next. Another invisible enemy that you can kind of see, and you know, everything is a climate crisis. If it snows, if it rains, if it sleets, if it hails, if it's hot, if it's cold, if it's warm, if it's humid, everything's part of the climate crisis. Everything proves it, nothing disproves it except people that don't believe in science, right? But in either case, the usage of an invisible enemy like a virus and the usage of environmentalism are also tenets of the same school of Maoist and Marxist ideology. The communists in China did this in the 1950s. I've told this story to so many people, and I guess a lot of people don't feel as if this is, this is as significant as I do, but I read a three-part Chinese communist history book series uh, written by, uh, I believe his name was Frank Decoder. Decuder, he had uh, the umlauts above the O, Frank Decuder, he lives in Hong Kong, and he wrote a three-part series. He got into the communist archives, one of the first people to do that. He wrote these books relatively recently, and, and he didn't say anything about a, a, about a pandemic. He just said that in 1952, the, the government of Beijing said that there were biological weapons, uh, insects and things like that, dropped in China, and that the Chinese government made the whole story up, they admitted it later, but that didn't stop people from wearing masks and social distancing and being quarantined in their homes and, of course, using toxic chemicals to kill these pests and to fight this disease, which then, of course, made people really sick. And it, it, it didn't help that they blew through, in most places, you know, years of medical supplies in a matter of weeks because people were in a state of hysteria. Of course, hysteria is panic from where we get pandemic and where we get pandemonium the capital of hell and paradise lost, as we discussed last night. Meanwhile, within what we call the field of ufology, there are groups that are, you know, with excitement. I've, I've seen them. I've, I've, I've been with them. I just never participated. It's not that it's a bad thing to do this, but using lasers or other methods to contact what they believe to be alien spaceships or UFOs. And I can't help but think that these little green men or these little gray men are similar to the homunculus, the Greek little man of alchemists and magicians like John Dee and Edward Kelly. And the same can be said about Aleister Crowley and his friend Lamb, that little gray-looking extraterrestrial thing. And of course, the little man is the little horn of the Book of Daniel, as we've been discussing as well. Now, these seemingly harmless games with lasers and UFOs are akin to a modern form of collective community ritualism, as far as I'm concerned, with the intention to invoke that which is non specified or descriptive. The intention is to simply invoke for the sake of invocation or perhaps to obtain contact in order to satisfy one's desire to believe or to have special knowledge. This is my view. I'm not saying that Stephen Greer is is a con artist or a bad guy. I don't particularly trust Stephen Greer's more contemporary works and his protocols, but I find the idea of it to be dangerous. And I think all of this has been utilized to undermine public faith in the divine, public faith in faith and religious institutions. And, and you know, it's hard to separate true faith from some folks, uh, for some folks uh, who, I, I guess, regardless of the, of the, the rot within official institutions, uh, they still find redemption there. But it's hard to separate true faith for some folks uh, from that which is propped up by the, 
by the corruption in those institutions and, and the people that claim to speak for God and to speak for man. And this undermining of faith mixed with the open acknowledgement of child trafficking, child sex abuse, etc., destroys one of the three major centers of power in the world, the perceptual power that resides in the Vatican. Of course, I've said this literally dozens of times, so you might be getting tired of it by now, but the center of religious power adorned with an obelisk is one of the three horns spoken about in the book of Daniel. The other two horns can be found in London, the city of financial power, and the United States, Washington, D.C., the city of political and military power, both of which have those obelisks. Now, we know with the queen dying uh, and, uh, you know, just before our eyes, essentially, uh, the accusations of racism and vitriol within the royal family and the subsequent public fracturing of that family mixed with global financial and economic distress, there's been a monumental undermining of the public perception in what is represented by the second pillar, the idea that an invisible enemy wrecked economies, drove small businesses, owners, and employees out of jobs, destroyed people's savings, obliterated manufacturing, supply chains, resource distribution, etc., is absolutely accurate only so much as the invisible enemy is classified in a group such as the World Economic Forum instead of a virus. And with the religious and financial horns undermined, we turn our attention to the United States, And supposedly at the helm is a dying so-called leader with blatant dementia. His criminal behavior, as with his sons aside, and both of their connections to communist China considered, the president of the United States represents a flexing of political and military muscles that's been dissolved into paralysis. That's a mockery and a joke now around the world. And, And because of the dirty dealings of people like this, the idea of the republic and liberty have been undermined as well. That's the intention And, of course, parallel to this overturning of the current world systems of government is the the purported uh, assassination attempts on the president recently, on December 30th, and on the Queen on Christmas Day, and on the Pope sometime around November, though it wasn't uh, described by the media in a press release until mid-December. And the guy that was going to assassinate the president I mean, this is a huge story. This should be discussed five nights a week, the connections to all of this. But it's too complicated, I guess, so we'd rather turn it off and talk about Bigfoot, right? And the guy that was going to assassinate the president, they said he was obsessed with QAnon, right? And, and, and that this whole idea of, of, of child sex trafficking, which the man believed in, apparently, they say it's nonsense. It's all QAnon literally less than 24 hours after Ghislaine Maxwell was sentenced for child sex trafficking. So in the book of Daniel, we're told that the three horns are going to be replaced by that little horn, right? And you've got this new religious center opening in Abu Dhabi to merge the religions of the world. That little horn that's going to be given power by the beast. And we've mentioned it over and over and over again. Perhaps the beast is Prince Charles. Perhaps the beast is the, 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 the Chinese red dragon. See, it's interesting because Arthur, King Arthur, the once and future king, is derived from the constellation Ursa Major, the bear, the bear, the leopard, the lion, the tiger, which is the new symbol uh, from Revelations, actually, Revelation, the book, at the UN. And Ursa Major is the constellation that the tiger is born in and of. The tiger lives a thousand years. The swastika is derived from Ursa Major. And, and so although we're dealing with a state of hybrid fascist communism wherein the hammer and sickle should be remembered, much like the swastika, it's interesting that the swastika is derived astrologically from the same constellation which births the tiger who lives the length of the great thousand-year Reich. And the fourth pillar that comes, or the fourth horn that comes to power, are the little men, the, the little homunculi, 
those things that are summoned from somewhere else. That fourth horn is the fourth industrial revolution and the rise of the fourth Reich. Of course, Ursa Major was also called the dog of Set. Again, the great reset or the great king set, the Antichrist. It is, it is uh, the tiger in mythology that becomes this beast that when it consumes one, uh, your soul, your spirit, you become a servant to the tiger, only able to escape the jaws once you have acquired more souls for the tiger. I mean, in other words, it's from artificial intelligence to idealistic and ideological rabid progressive politics, those consumed by the beast-like devil who made a deal with diabolical forces look deep into themselves for a solution to the problem that they've created, never being able to acknowledge that they are responsible for that problem. The problem is they need to keep themselves alive artificially by sacrificing the innocent and destroying the innocent, never being able to admit that they have been consumed and they're therefore seeking redemption. They made a deal with the devil. They know they made a deal with the devil. They can't admit it to themselves and certainly to nobody else. And so they go about doing harmful and horrible things to protect and to save themselves from those diabolical forces that are coming to collect payment. And that's why I think you see Prince Charles and Bill Gates, all these people, they just they literally look like demons. They look like Jabalon. They look like Baal. They look like Maimon because they are channeling that energy. And so 2022, as I've said, the year of the tiger is giving rise to the year of the little horn, the, the, the year zero. And the establishment of the capital of hell, pandemonium based on the pandemic pandemic and the panic that we faced. And alongside of this is uh, the presence of the UFO or the UAP and what that UFO or UAP may signify in regards to this great reset or what our guest this evening calls, and I do quite enjoy this title, the great reject. We're going to talk about the great reject with our guest Leo Zagami here on The Secret Teachings after this break. Leo Zagami coming up right after this. LeoZagami.com right here on The Secret Teachings. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. The month of Janus and the year of the Tiger 2022. Here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is The Secret Teachings Weekends, our one hour Saturday morning show. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? 
If you enjoyed the secret teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. Ryan Gable, your host, and you are tuned into the Secret Teachings Radio right here on the Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. If you'd like to contact the show, email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. And check out our website, thesecretteachings.info, where you can find our full show archive, my books, and more. Last week and last night, we've been discussing the year of the tiger and what the tiger represents. The tiger astrologically comes from Ursa Major in the Chinese mythology. Ursa Major, the bear, also is where we geometrically and symbolically, according to astrologers, derive the swastika. And it's funny because in Chinese mythology, the tiger lives for a thousand years. So the initiation of the year of the tiger is the initiation of the thousand-year Reich, perhaps, dominated by that symbol of the swastika. And it is the time in which the three pillars, the three horns, the book of Daniel, are plucked. We've seen the assassination attempts on the Pope, assassination attempt on the Queen, and assassination attempt on the President as well. Those three pillars, obelisks, or horns to be replaced by the fourth horn. And that fourth horn is, of course, the little horn in the book of Daniel. That is the Antichrist, uh, who will be given power by the beast to rule over all nations. So we've seen this esoteric and this occult theme mixed with astrology and, 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 and the symbolism of contemporary times. We've seen the political uh, narrative uh, shift on things like UFOs and UAPs now, where we have NASA saying that uh, they're looking at a framework to announce that extraterrestrials are real. They're talking with theologians to decipher uh, you know, the, what the best way is to announce this to the public. And I can't help but think that all of the things that we're seeing, prophecy or not prophecy, whatever you might think of, of biblical prophecy in particular, there certainly are those who are utilizing prophecy and people that are utilizing uh, religious iconography and symbols in order to carry out and advance their political, social, economic, cultural agendas. And going back to that little horn, that little fourth horn, uh, we talked about this with Clyde Lewis last night on Ground Zero and here on The Secret Teachings, where that little horn, that fourth horn, essentially represents not only the Fourth Reich, but it is the fourth industrial revolution, the merging of the biological and technological distinctiveness of man, very similar to what the Borg say in Star Trek, merging those physical, biological, organic components with a synthetic, artificial element, and that is the element of transhumanism. So all of these things are, are, are different shows that we've done, and I've kind of merged them together increasingly so over the last couple of weeks as we've entered 2022. There, there's so much that 
it's hard to summarize it in a segment. And there are so many things I'd like to talk about with other people who are also experts on these subjects. And tonight, I'd like to welcome Leo Zagami to The Secret Teachings. Again, leozagami.com. And I wanted to ask you, Leo, to start off with, first of all, welcome to The Secret Teachings again. Thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure, Ryan. And uh, you were talking about the tiger. I will uh, point you out an excellent text. Maybe you should study. Ride the tiger. <laughs> this is a book, uh, great importance, uh, a survival manual for the aristocrats of the soul. Was the, uh, that's, uh, was the subtitle of it by Julius Evola, Baron Julius Evola, who was, by the way, also connected to the Third Reich. And uh, uh, he was uh, one of the few Italian probably the only one who was highly respected by Himmler uh, during uh, the Second World War, who then survived the Second World War and went on to uh, be a very uh, influential intellectual figure in uh, the right, uh, in, in the more uh, right-wing, let's say, movements. So you should maybe check out uh, the because it starts really with the end of a cycle, right, the tiger. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it gives you a perspective of uh, the the epoch we are living and the terminal phase of uh, a cycle. So this phrase chosen uh, by him for the title of that book, right, the tiger, uh, may serve as a transition between uh, what has been said either uh, to and what in uh, this other order of ideas, let's say. The phrase is taken from a far eastern saying, expressing the idea that if one succeeds in riding a tiger, not only does one avoid having it leap on one, but uh, if one can keep uh, on, on, on the tiger, on, on sitting on the tiger and not fall off it, one may eventually get the better of it. And this is the concept which is also taken from... I think uh, certain uh, schools of uh, traditional wisdoms, uh, also Japanese Buddhist Zen, Zen Buddhism. Yeah, well, in classical antiquity, there is a parallel even in the trials of Mitras with it. So, yeah, and the tiger to the Chinese is the king of the jungle, and it's interesting because the king of the jungle, the tiger, according to the Chinese zodiac, Chinese mythology, relates to the king. Dumb of the Antichrist or the King Set, the Great Reset. Yes, well, I've been talking about that for a, yes, I know you for have. a while. Uh, and it's, it's actually, it's, uh, it makes sense. Uh, I would say that we are reaching what, uh, um, what also Rudolf Steiner pointed out with the Ariman, uh, the Arimanization of our society. Talking about Ariman, of course, the demon in ancient Persia and Iran. Though I don't always agree with everything Rudolf Steiner says because I tend to disagree with his Gnostic evaluation of Lucifer, but that's okay. I mean, it's. Well, do you, uh, but, do you know much about the metaverse? Because when I was looking into the definition of the word meta, we find that it's defined in Greek yeah. as beyond. So it means beyond the physical. But then if you were to reverse meta to get atom a-t-e-m atom is a german word that means to breathe so it's like genesis the lord god breathed into the nostrils of adam in this case we have man breathing into the nostrils of an artificial atom an inversion of the true creation and they've manufactured what rudolf steiner actually called the eighth sphere the metaverse or metatron's cube 
So it's a fake, artificial, synthetic, digital subreality. Yeah, but I mean, from what Ray Kurzweil said in his book from 2005, no, it's kind of like pointing out. I mean, if we have to really analyze all this, we really need to study Ray Kurzweil thought because I think Ray Kurzweil is very much responsible for the technical side of this fourth industrial revolution. That's why he's a very close friend of Klaus Schwab. Yeah, he's uh, talked. He's talked about the the basically the neural dust or the smart dust and infusing all matter that is organic with yeah. these synthetic bots. Yeah. So basically, integrating humans with the machine, the technological machine. Huh? Yes. yes. So the, 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 the believing they have almost omniscience in in. And, and, and being able to basically not only extend their lives, but uh, completely, oh, 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 I, I, I would say, completely inhalate what the Homo sapiens really represents, which is a big danger in the eyes of uh, Christians, uh, uh, Jews alike, who, who Judeo-Christianity uh, has always uh, um, believed in the fact that we are made in the image of God. So by I guess uh, deturping, modified, altering our own uh, being, we are destroying also the reflection of God and its potential. Uh, uh, is, is, it's actually uh, damaging for our species because this. Uh, I think that uh, yes, we are pointing towards the the, the, the integration, not the biological, technical integration. This transhumanism, it's. it's in, is in essence anti-Christian and uh, anti-human. It's very anti-human, yep. So what you said, the Steiner called it a sphere, and he warned us uh, at times about it, uh, that uh, Ariman would incarnate in the West and drive a global process of harvesting human souls into it. That's what really was said uh, by Steiner. See, I, wa- I wanted to ask you this about NASA has ask the scientific community to develop a framework for quantifying, for analyzing what yeah. might be considered to be alien life, right? And then NASA has also hired, uh, famously now, it's all over the internet, 24 theologians to mm. come up with a script on how to inform the public about this. And then I found something else that NASA is doing. When they launched their James Webb telescope on Christmas, they said, along with some other news publications, some uh, various sources that this is going to help us not only understand the universe, Leo, but it's going to help us rewrite, this is a quote, rewrite sacred scripture. And that really got to me. It just felt like yeah. the goal is to undermine all things that are spiritual, all things that are based in faith, and to just erode and, 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 and obliterate uh, people's belief and view and connection to what people might call source. They're bringing in a new religion, essentially. Yes, uh, the, the what's happening with these uh, theologians uh, working for NASA, including a Catholic priest, of course, uh, resembles though what uh, the Jesuits have been doing for decades now. Um, they are the ones in charge of the astronomical sector of the Vatican. They even have a telescope uh, not too, too far from where you reside, as you know. 
uh, and they have been very much involved since the time of the old, uh, they had the director of the Specula Vaticana, used to be Padre, I think, Father F- uh, F- I was called it's Funes? Fun- Funes. It's like Jose Funes. No, no. Yeah, no, it used to be Funes. Now it's Consul Magno. But Funes already kind of brought together certain elements. I remember, but then it was Consul Magno who really uh, kind of blew the lid on the whole thing uh, by saying really that, uh, you know, he was working on really welcoming the extraterrestrials and that uh, we should rediscuss the whole concept uh, of uh, of the extraterrestrial is my brother was the, what Funes said. But Consul Magno, I guess, brought it one step further. So, so he went further with it. Because I know Funes said that he he would not only baptize an alien, but he said that extraterrestrials wouldn't need redemption. In other words, whatever we classify as aliens, Leo, would just be an extension of God. And that kind of implies that not only are they God-like, but they are the return of God. They are the return of Christ and we should uh, do whatever they say, perhaps, or we should listen to what they, they have to say, even if it's just totally uh, you okay, know, a yeah. manufactured I mean, thing. I mean, Father Joseph Unes uh, uh, was uh, talking about getting close. I mean, he's closer to God, uh, meant that uh, basically in some way we will... Uh, uh, address uh, the full friendship that uh, you know we could have with these other intelligent beings. Uh, Consul Magno uh, also uh, talks about uh, um, the question about the evangelization point, uh, hinting in the end to the fact that we are about to probably be evangelized ourselves. Because uh, Consul Magno says, uh, uh, it's in every, he basically says, any alien we find will learn and change from contact with us. And just as we will learn and change from contact with them, it's inevitable and they w- will be evangelizing us too. So he brings also this element to this um, to the equation that I think is even more disturbing, that we are about to be evangelized by these aliens. Well, see, I I was thinking that with the Pentagon's new investigative unit for the UAP, they're saying that they are going to, and this is a quote from the Pentagon document, they are going to replicate these vehicles. And I thought, well, that's kind of convenient because if they were to, quote unquote, replicate or reverse engineer these vehicles, they'd find that they don't produce fossil fuels so they could provide us with new technologies to save us from the climate crisis. And that would also mean that these aliens would come in the form of a savior whether it's through technology or through interacting with with these extraterrestrials. But we wouldn't even have to do that. It could just be the implication that there are things in the sky that we're looking at from a distance, and they don't have to be alien. They could be very much a part of the military-industrial complex, for all we know, and it could be a covert way to carry out a, 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 a complex agenda behind the veil of the potential existence of extraterrestrials or the implication that they exist and there are craft in the sky. Does that make sense? Well, I tend to think that the problem here is that, of course, uh, there is a physical realm in which we perceive these entities and there is an an invisible or uh, another dimension that uh, times pours, uh, opens up in which we kind of uh, uh, then uh, guess them in our reality, no? 
And and so the the fact that we have these uh, aliens that are basically portrayed as such now by scientists, but they were always there from ancient times in all the various cultures, course, and they were yeah. actually more close to what we pers- we, we we used to call demons. You know, we call demons, and if you are a believer, uh, demons that uh, at times can collaborate but uh, only after you give them something in exchange, no? Uh, there is uh, also the possibility maybe to interact with the creatures who want to help in some way mankind. This is uh, what uh, a lot of New Ages tend to think. But it is uh, more often that these creatures are instead leading us astray, no? And, and, and so uh, now this, uh, that they are, of course... Uh, saying that these UFOs exist because now that's what really came out of the whole of 2021 and the alien disclosure, so-called UFO disclosure, now that finally they admitted that these UFOs exist. Um, but their link to uh, the to what they really are and to the beings that drive them around, uh, drive around these UFOs, that are, are said since the beginning in esoteric circles, they have always been talked about as being uh, um, from another extra-dimensional, multi-dimensional creatures that pour into this dimension when they find a portal of some kind. Yeah, you've talked about that Memorandum 6751. I think you had that in one of your books, didn't you? Yes, Invisible Master, I focus very much on on all the links that uh, really they were uh, in the 40s, there was a lot of, and in the 50s, if you think also of uh, George Adamski, for example. Um, no, Adamski was a very controversial figure. If you, if, 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 I mean, nowadays it's not very talked about George Adamski. But in reality, uh, he was probably one of, uh, if not the first one, to really promote the idea of UFO contact. Uh, and he came really to prominence in those 1950s. But he himself was connected to the Royal Order of Tibet, which he founded, uh, but also to the Theosophical Society, to the some people that were also involved uh, with the OTO milieu, that also brought other people uh, like uh, Parsons. And Parsons was not only somebody who dealt with the occult, but as we know, was somebody who also participated uh, to the establishment of what became NASA with the Jet, Jet Propulsion Laboratory. So these entities have, uh, in a way, uh, tricked us with a trap. They have given us the possibility of, uh, I guess, reverse engineering their technology. But then, now that we have uh, this technology in common use every day, they're using this technology to trap us back into their own uh, demonic universe. That's where we come to the concept of the metaverse. The metaverse, in reality, is a way for the artificial intelligence to be in complete control. Because once you enter the metaverse, you are in complete control of the AI. Okay? Um, But it's also, there is a thing here. How many alien species have already been taken over by the AI and are much further on in the 
trans in 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 having merged already with the machine. I don't know if you understand. Yeah, uh, you know, abs- I'm explaining this concept well. Uh, it's not the easy one. <laughs> no, no, I, I completely get it. I, I'm trying to separate what is what is the true, real alien contact from what is also perhaps manufactured as a political social narrative to kind okay, of. Well, well, we have the, for example, of course, the possibility that in the future, you know, I mean, uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, 1985, with Gorbachev, uh, hinted about the alien threat. Then he yes. announced it uh, two years later uh, in front of the UN uh, Assembly. It, it seemed like it was a provocation, but in reality, when we go back to the 1985. Uh, uh, pivotal moment of the Cold War, really, because when he, uh, when Ronald Reagan met with Michael Gorbachev in Geneva for that uh, epic encounter, and he brought up the alien threat, then they talk in secret uh, for uh, for for an hour. We never knew, uh, we never know uh, what they really talked about, and the alien thing was then brought up in by Reagan that day when he was talking about what they were talking about, but without really going into the detail. So we always focus so a lot, if you if you see, I mean, in UF law kind of context, people always focus on the fact that Reagan made that famous speech in front of the UN General Assembly, okay? Mm-hmm. Right. But they don't really focus on that the meeting with Gorbachev which led after to the whole dismantling of the, the of, of the Soviet Union and the, and the end of the Cold War. It was like at that moment in 1985, Reagan really told him something. Now, I, uh, many years ago, uh, was uh, able to travel uh, for work many times in Russia. I, I traveled for work uh, as a record producer, as a DJ, as an as a actual radio speaker and TV. I mean, I worked for Russian radio, TV, from 1995, uh, 1996, let's say, till uh, 95, 96, till um, 2003. I think the last time I went was 2003 or 2004. I can't remember so many years ago. But in any case, uh, in that period, I went to Russia something like probably 40 times. I mean, I went to Russia many, many times. Um, and, 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 and I was able to meet with uh, people from the military, from the intelligence, uh, from uh, various sectors of society. Actually, I even met, uh, uh, thanks to my friend, uh, from, to an oligarch friend of mine at the time, uh, uh, I even met Vladimir Putin and I was a participant to an event at the Bolshoi, which was an historic event with, uh, that he set up at the Bolshoi for the children victims of terrorist attacks, which I actually participated uh, as a DJ. And Billy Cobham, a f- famous musician, participated with, the, uh, he played the, the drums in that occasion. It was a fantastic event. There was the ambassadors. I remember that at the time I was pretty active within the the frame, you know, the context of the new world order and the secret societies within it. So I was like uh, operating within the establishment, not like now <laughs> as a rebel. As a, um, so what, what did you learn in Russia? 
I learned uh, there was a video that I was uh, made uh, um, uh, to see. This video uh, was a black and white video that was filmed uh, between 1989 and 1990, right at the end of the Soviet Union. Okay? And in this video, there was... uh, Basically, uh, there, was show, there were people like Yeltsin that came to power after. So, I mean, it wasn't a video with the participants who were just uh, nobodies. They were scientists, big people from the Russian elite. Okay? Okay. And in this video, which I wish I had, <laughs> because it was a very interesting video. It was like in the middle of the night and I was watching it and, and, and I was like, uh, Wow. Because it uh, hinted on the fact that some big discoveries had been made regarding the alien phenomena and that some revelations had been also uh, given to the Russian uh, elite that uh, was in charge of the Soviet Union. And basically that this led to the end of the Soviet Union, this whole thing. So uh, it, it, it's definitely interesting that we pick up on that uh, famous speech that Reagan did uh, of the alien threat and that even Obama a few years back uh, talked about it, but always more focusing on the fact that it was just a, a crazy theory, a crazy hypothesis brought to uh, both there to then unify the world, you know? They say, what about if this happened, then right. we'll all be more united against a common friend. Well, what, what, what do you think about the fame? Instead, when instead, the video I was made uh, to see showed that there was a literal concern because uh, this video um, that uh, it was almost like they had filmed You know, back then, it wasn't common for people to film the lives of people in everyday life. Everything was always set up in a studio setup, no? While this video was uh, a video done uh, almost like uh, today's kind of like when we just reality shows and we film, for example, the the Osbournes or, you know, a family doing their own thing, you know? And so it had that realistic feel because you could see Yeltsin going around and literally getting more and more worried, but also interacting with the Orthodox Church about it, interacting with the leaders of then the party that then, let's remember that this year, actually not this year, no, last year, but uh, uh, just recently, because it's, it's like we have, uh, it's, it's 30 years since 1991 and the fall of the Soviet Union. But let's, let's keep that in mind. We're going to come back and we'll finish talking about that. I also want to ask your opinion on that famous interview with Carol Rosen, the assistant of Werner von Braun, and that alien card that so many people always wonder about. Leo Zagami, our guest this evening, leozagami.com. That's leozagami.com. I'm Ryan Gable, your host. This is The Secret Teachings. Check out our website at thesecretteachings.info. For my books, check out leozagami.com and anywhere books are sold for Leo's books. And stay with us. We'll be back after this.
are we? KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is TST Weekends. Search the show name and start listening today for free. If you want to avoid those annoying ads, subscribe to our ad-free archive with our oldest shows, a private RSS feed, our montage archive, and Ryan's digital books. Visit thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black you and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. We must seize the means of production. Stop it, Vlad. You know the rule. No communism. Mama, if we just get rid of all these successful people, we'll finally be happy. No, honey, that just means we'll all be poor. Freedom-loving parents have long been left alone to shoulder the burden of educating their children and passing down a love of liberty. While there are a few books that teach these ideas to adults, there seem to be fewer that teach them to children. The Tuttle Twins series changes all of that, helping parents convey the principles of freedom to their kids in a fun way. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate link for the Tuttle Twins to get your curriculum and books today so that you can educate yourself and your children on how to adhere to the principles of liberty for all people. So if you have offspring and don't want them supporting socialism, then click the link and order the Tuttle Twins books today. Stalin has no stunning new achievements unless you consider killing millions of innocent people an achievement. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of the Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Whenever and wherever you are listening to the broadcast, we welcome you to the show. If you'd like to access our full show archive, you can do so on the website. If you subscribe, you get access to the archive ad-free, plus the montages and my digital books. 
This is what keeps us on air, keeps us broadcasting five nights a week on The Fringe and Saturday mornings on Aftermath FM. It's thesecretteachings.info. Like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. Our guest this evening, Leo Zagami, back on the show, leozagami.com. That's leozagami.com. You can find his books pretty much anywhere books are sold. Leo was telling us about his experience in Russia, and I wanted to I wanted to ask you, Leo, about the famous interview with Carol Rosen, Werner von Braun's secretary assistant, and that last card, that fake alien threat. How much do you think that plays into what we were discussing? Yeah, I mean, the card of the fake alien threat definitely is there, but at the same time, I would like to remind all our, um, uh, all our listeners that uh, there was something really particular that went on uh, in 1989 in the Soviet Union regarding uh, a supposed alleged alien landing. It was uh, October 1989, uh, when the Soviet press agency TASS uh, reported uh, something really unusual. Uh, apparently, on September 27 of that year, according to the official report, tall, free-eyed aliens with small heads showed up in the city of Boronzene. And Voronets, uh, uh, sorry, it's a bit complicated to pronounce Russian at time. Arriving, they arrived basically in what was described as a banana-shaped object, uh, and uh, they brought with them a robot. The, the scientist at the time confirmed that the unidentified flying object uh, that uh, landed in the city of Voronets. Uh, I mean, was a reality. So, I mean, we have, we have to take into account that something might have really happened. And like I said, there was already in 1985 a discussion that preceded that alien threat hypothesis made in front of the UN General Assembly, which uh, could have then triggered the, uh, I mean, it seemed that at the time Gorbachev had taken it a little bit lightly, but later on, he actually, uh, first, um, in, uh, on the 25th of December 1991, he, he resigned. And that was the end of the Soviet Union. Well, we've, we, I mean, we've had these reports that go back long before the Second World War, from Foo Fighters and Ghost Rockets to flying disks that have shut down nuclear missiles during the Cold War. I mean, the military has, uh, in the U.S. alone, not to mention so many other countries, has just a long, long, long list of, of documented encounters, documented incidences, etc., with whatever these craft and whatever these things are. And the fact that today they're still outmaneuvering our craft the way that they were during World War II, I think shows us that these things certainly are not Chinese, Russian, or American. But uh, like, uh, if you go back to what I pointed out uh, when we met in that conference in Yucca Valley, if you remember for yeah, the contact. book Invisible Master, uh, as I pointed out back then, there was uh, um, an organiz- esoteric organization here in California, in South, in South California, that actually uh, immediately in July 1947, uh, right when it was about, I mean, when it was just happening, the whole Roswell thing was happening, uh, warned about the fact that uh, these uh, creatures were in reality arriving from another dimension and that they were, 
they were not to be messed with in any way because uh, their, I mean, the way they were uh, and their technology was probably superior to ours. And, and that's and this, that, that, it's interesting because it didn't come out, uh, you see, from a um, scientific only uh, environment. This uh, was uh, Madeleine uh, and, 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 and what they were doing. I mean, Madeleine was the head of the Borderland Sciences. Uh, this organization still exists, I think, uh, to some extent. Um, but... Uh, it was in that period, like I said, there was also, of course, uh, Adamski that was very active, but uh, Madeleine had uh, his, uh, his own uh, medium uh, to, to and, and they made a communication to the FBI, which is that communication that then resurfaced uh, in that famous uh, FBI vault, not 10, 10 years, 12, 11 years ago now. Uh, which uh, basically um, f- focus on the fact that uh, th- there was some kind of, th- th- this made the lane was actually warning the authorities. But uh, when it came out, you know, on the press from the FBI vault, everybody was like, oh, wow, the FBI admits there is aliens. It wasn't actually the FBI. It was this made lane and the borderland sciences that were warning the FBI and the U.S. authorities how to treat these entities because they came from a background which was pretty much esoteric. So, uh, the, the, and the work that the BSRA, which was the Borderland Science uh, Institution that, uh, that uh, was put together, um, was very interesting, especially Madeleine's Ro- Round Robin publication. I don't know if you ever read them. I, I have not read them. They referred to their plane of existence as the locus or the talos, right? Yeah, because they took from, like I explained in my book, Invisible Master, they took from that, uh, uh, they took from that theosophical um, language. You know, there wasn't like, I mean... The organization founded in 1945, so they were just founded in the 40s. They kind of formalized their existence. It was dedicated uh, predominantly to the study of psycho- parapsychology, the occult, psychic research, hypnosis, uh, all kind of telepathy, not specifically the USO, the UFO, sorry. But then Lane showed a special concern with flying sources. And they started to publish a series of bulletins, this flying role, this uh, Madeleine's Round Robin, that are now known as the Journal of Borderland Research. And then they evolved later on in Borderland Sciences Research Foundation. But I think that uh, their warning uh, that was then uh, published uh, thanks to the fact that it was undisclosed. Uh, I mean, it was secreted for a long time. Nobody knew about this thing until 10 years ago when the FBI brought it out of that, uh, um, of the top secret, you know, it gave the clearance. It was, uh, there was a top secret uh, around that document. Uh, it was secretive. So now we can say that definitely the warning was made. How did uh, Madeleine uh, and those people knew about what was happening really in Roswell back then, well, first of all. 
Well, right. And also you have a lot of people who believe, and I'm kind of of this mindset too, so is my friend Clyde Lewis, that is that the Trinity bomb test, for one, was potentially an alchemical experiment to summon these beings. In fact, the Italian physicist and uh, creator of the world's first nuclear reactor, Enrico Fermi, said that detonating this bomb was basically inviting beings or inviting creatures, aliens, whatever you want to call them, into our world, into our dimension. And, and right after that bomb test in, in the 40s, mm-hmm. you had an explosion of UFOs. And then you have this idea that they actually come from another plane of existence. So, I mean, how, how does that play into this? Do you have uh, any views on that in terms of the atomic bomb? Well, yeah, absolutely, because uh, at one point, you know, this uh, uh, can be connected also to Shiva the Destroyer. Uh, and Destroyer, CERN, right? CERN, that image, yeah. because uh, there was uh, um, definitely uh, something that was, I mean, it was like mankind was almost playing God, was finally entering a realm uh, that was not uh, ever been tested before. There had been a lot of discussion in the early 20s in uh, alchemical, uh, esoteric books about uh, the discovery of, uh, I mean, like we were just at the, at the beginning of the, what the atom discovery will bring, no? But then later on you have, uh, of course, uh, this uh, development, uh, which is uh, shocking, uh, because uh, they are finally uh, opening up to the, the, the atom and using it in a way that is against nature, because uh, it, it's, 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 it's actually not only against nature, it's probably opening up and, and dealing uh, with other dimensions, the moment in which you go. Is a little bit like you know the moment in which you go and deal with this kind of matter, you you are basically uh, involving yourself with uh, things that are not only of this universe but probably of other universes too, because the the atom and the nucleus brings you to something completely different, uh, and and so I think that. Uh, uh, we needed to understand that uh, the moment in which we go, we went uh, and played with the nuclear, with the atom, uh, we, we definitely probably shouldn't have gone there. And, uh, and, and, and it's, somebody has been protecting us probably from the most negative effects of this discovery. Though nowadays, unfortunately, things here on Earth are... Uh, at a very fast pace, I'm moving towards a relaunch of nuclear plants. Now we just had Bill Gates now launching his project in Wyoming, and uh, yeah, they're claiming on- they're claiming that that is a solution that is a more uh, what do they call it a more sustainable an environmentally friendly solution to it's burning rubbish. coal. <laughs> it's rubbish. It's of course, simply, yeah. No, I mean it's simply done to, of course. Uh, because their their reality it's a it's a very it's a very doom and gloom reality in which uh, you know so so I mean now we have the nuclear used to charge the cars claiming that the nuclear is less polluting than the fossil fuels that's completely ridiculous so we know that uh, a damage like the one created by Fukushima would be 
I will be there for right. a thousand years. Fukushima, Three Mile Island, Chernobyl. There was another incident in Russia somewhat yeah. recently. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Pentagon eventually says, well, look, we, we're not talking to the aliens, but we see their ships. We see these things. We're not sure what they are. And uh, they use nuclear technology. So let's use that to save the, the environment. Let's save the climate with nuclear technology. Wouldn't be surprised if that's what we hear. I mean, they're already saying that anyway. Uh, the G7 summit, they said we need nuclear, like you're saying. It's absurd. Yeah, no. I mean, it's, it's absolutely, I think that uh, you see, I mean, that uh, the, the, the symbol of, of, of Shiva, the destroyer, it's, it's a very powerful one. That's why uh, I think that during the first atom bomb testing, there was actually one of the scientists that read from the Bhava Gita, uh, I think it uh, was uh, uh, Rob uh, J. Robert Oppenheim uh, yes. who said uh, the, the father of the atomic bomb, who said basically cited the, literally the Bhagavad Gita and said uh, during the, the first atom bomb test in 1945, he said, "I become death, the destroyer of worlds." Now, <laughs> I mean, uh, does Bill Gates uh, want to uh, emulate Shiva? <laughs> oh, does, he, does he want to because the, the problem is that these people from Silicon Valley have really gone to a level that is uh, unheard of before in the history of mankind they're, they're trying to open the bottomless pit is what it sounds like from Revelation yeah. well absolutely absolutely I mean the, the Going back to Shiva, we can say that that ritual that happened in the summer of 2016 was pretty ominous. They always said there was some kind of uh, like just uh, no all just the, 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 around. the sacrifice in front of the the statue. Yeah, they said there was a mocking sacrifice. It wasn't a yeah, true how, thing. How how did a bunch of random people get access to such a sensitive military uh, military slash scientific installation? No, that first was, of all, they admitted that in a way they implied that there was scientists that were participating to this thing, but they actually condemned it, saying that they shouldn't have done it and that it was contrary to the policies of CERN and, what, and whatnot. They said there was only a mocking uh, human sacrifice that was just staged uh, on their grounds, but it was simply a mocking of a real human sacrifice. Yeah, like, a little bit like they do at the Bohemian the gr- Grove. Yeah, no? I was just about to say that, yeah, uh, Bohemian Grove. Uh, but the problem here, though there is a problem here, that uh, when you're talking about the fact that they were just having a laugh, I, you know, I have been in the esoteric field for many years. I mean, I was part of secret society, sex that dealt with the magic and the esoteric. I participated to rituals. I am, I mean, you can never really not be, I mean, still a Freemason, even if I don't participate any longer to, to Masonic lodges, because these days it's completely ridiculous what they have done to Freemasonry. Especially when they claim that uh, it's a free Free, no? You have free main man, free mason, and then you have to show the, the vaccine uh, passport to enter a lodge. I mean, what kind of rubbish? I didn't, is that? I didn't think about that. So you have to have a passport to get into a lodge now. At huh? least in certain states, so like for example, in the state of California, you have to have um, uh, you actually have two vetoing officers that are in charge of checking your status. So you vaccine <laughs> status. Kind of, it's complete bush. Well, so I guess uh, I guess they have a fourth branch of initiation now. It's, it's entered apprentice, fellow craft, master mason, and fully vaccinated. 
Ah, yeah, uh, triple fully vaccinated. Yeah, probably triple. Uh, the triple the triple goes on with the free first three degrees. Maybe then you go on <laughs> up to the fourth, up to the thirty third. At the thirty third booster, you get the booster. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You transform yourself, <laughs> Lucifer. <laughs> no, uh, what I think that is uh, uh, very interesting. Um, I mean, regarding uh, what we have seen with. Uh, with the, the, the I mean the, these rituals that are becoming obviously uh, I mean clearly a message to the outside world there was already a ritual a couple of months prior to that uh, thing that happened in front of CERN there was uh, that other event that was that, that the happened. tunnel the tunnel that ritual the tunnel. with the goat oh the goatard the road, the, the, there was this new tunnel that opened up and there was this incredible ritual with this uh, goat figure, which was clearly Baphomet and, and, and clearly linked to the devil. In fact, after the press said it was linked to local folk tales, uh, the legend about the devil's bridge and blah, blah, blah. But uh, uh, it was already a very strong signal that something weird was going on, that the elite didn't, uh, uh, wasn't scared of showing their truly, uh, you know, their true beliefs. And then later on, we had that ritual. And when I saw that ritual, a lot of people said, no, but it's there just making a joke, a mock, this and that. But in reality, when you have uh, some knowledge of the esoteric and you see how those people, I will invite you to go and see that ritual again. These people are not, these are like very skilled esoteric people that know exactly how to move in a ritual contest. You don't just improvise that. You have to have some knowledge about moving into that contest. Yeah, I mean, I mean a prank is putting a Santa hat on Shiva or putting underwear on Shiva, that not performing a mock human sacrifice. Yeah, no, but also the way you move, no? Because when you move in a, in a setup, it can be a lodge, a coven, a chapter, whatever, a, a temple of some kind. You uh, always have in mind the north, the south, the east, the west, and the mm -hmm. four elements. Mm -hmm. Okay. There was that knowledge. I could see it from the way they were moving, the way the ritual was conducted, that, yes, it might have been, hopefully, a fake sacrifice and I hope nobody died but the way it was carried on it was really they knew what they were doing yeah yeah, yeah. it was skilled esoteric I mean people who were skilled in the esoteric they were not just uh, uh, people who were having a Halloween party of some kind well see see, here's, here's what concerns me about that is I think that a lot of that has been brought into the public domain and a lot of people don't know what they're participating in for example when you look at a group like Black Lives Matter, they practiced IFA, which isn't necessarily evil, but it's using the invocation I, of IFA. I find it instead quite evil. <laughs> I mean, I find the people who are involved with IFA. I mean, we're talking about voodoo, man. So, I mean, well, I, I look at it. I get what you're saying. I look at it from the point of view of if you're communicating with your ancestors and that's a beneficial thing to you, you're not harming other people. I don't see it as evil. But when you're summoning and invoking uh, spirits and your ancestors <laughs> to carry out political agendas to advance your will i consider that to be evil and, and the epitome of black magic and, and very dark does that make sense listen i had uh, been initiated once by a babalao of ifa so i didn't know Nicolai that Fisfold, uh, i talked about it in volume one of my confessions and so i know very much uh, because you see there was a group that mixed elements of the oto with the ifa and with the voodoo elements uh -huh. it was called the otoa 
Ordo Tempio Orientis Antigua, whose uh, leader I think is still alive, is called Michael Bertiot, who lives in Chicago. And um, I was initiated by his Scandinavian representative of the time. Uh, and I can tell you that uh, everything I witnessed in those contexts was pretty dark. And he was a babalao, uh, a real one. I mean, in the evening. Uh, but I mean, the crazy thing was that this guy will be, uh, during the day, he will be a psychiatrist in a proper context of a doc, you know, a doctor in a, in a, in a in a hospital, and then in the evening he will be sacrificing that's, black cats or uh, animals, what, cows or whatever. That's what David Berkowitz said, that Satanists are just everyday people, upstanding members of society, and then they, they do that at night. I mean... Uh, uh, he was even, the, 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 I mean, his uncle was the general at the time in charge of NATO, General Frisvold. So, I mean, it was just like a pretty, pretty, pretty dangerous once I rebelled to it. Because then I, I got really persecuted, tortured, uh, and all kinds of things happened to me, well, which is like a real nightmare. So, well, re- regardless of how we look at it or, or discuss it, from I mean, I, I'm not disputing what you're saying. I, I agree with you, and I'm sure that you're going to no, find. I mean, that I in- understand this part of the tradition, animist tradition, of many of these countries. But let's be honest okay. about it. If we go to Haiti and see how that place is literally a shithole. Well, they can only blame it on what they are doing with their voodoo crap. Well, again, I, again, I, I can't, I can't dispute that, and I don't have an intention to dispute it. No, 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 no. I'm just saying how. I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying regarding, but I mean, you have to be very uh, day, uh, conscious of the dangers involved. Even when oh, you're yeah. playing, oh, with yeah. an, even when you're playing with an board, uh, or even when you are asking the spirit of this and that about the possibility of this and that, you have to be very well, careful. Th- well, there's that. no, there's no doubt about that, and that's what concerns me because you've got social groups like Black Lives Matter for example, who wanted to destroy the family in their own words, and they've used practices of IFA and, and other religions like Santeria to mm. carry out their political agendas. And now, Leo, there are books written about this on how to get young people, uh, teenagers, young adults into practicing that form of magic, sigil magic, etc., in order to hex their political opponents or hex the president. I mean, that's really dangerous, but it also... Remi- well, I mean, I, I mean uh, there was a guy who has created a movement uh, during uh, the 45th president, Donald J. Trump. There was this uh, Illuminati magician, Freemason, Michael M. Hughes, who created uh, uh, a magical resistance. He made a book called Magic for Yeah, Resistance. I've got a copy of that right here. That's that's one of the things I've, I've been looking at, yeah. And uh, I cited the book because I cited it in my book just to say what the heck these people were trying to do. Uh, and, of course, it's important to always... Uh, but I mean, when you study this book, you understand, first of all, they're saying nothing new. I mean, this kind of concept... Uh, was already pioneered before. Eh? Right, it's not yes. The first time it's not that new. The left uh, has done it, especially in relationship to feminism. And and there was, I remember, uh, probably, uh, I don't know which, uh, now if I can remember it very well, but there was, if I remember well, uh, a, a, another, at least two books in the late 70s, early 80s that had this kind of imprint. Um, and these books basically are, um, I think one was uh, uh, Margot uh, Hadler's Droning Down the Moon from 1979, 
Then there was a book from 1982 called Dream in the Dark, Magic, Sex and Politics by Miriam Simos, if you remember. I, I don't have that one. I've got the Drawing Down the Moon book, though. The, 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 the Miriam Simos one is particularly influential because she was dealing with magic, spirituality, leftist politics, ethics and sex in more or less the same way as Michael Hem used us. Um, and of course, their unconditional support for the LGBTQ, what we call today the LGBTQ cause, but also feminism. Feminism, what they call anti-white suprematism. And I remember, I, I mean, if you see, for example, in news book, there is a, a subchapter, I think it's entitled Miss Satan, the Revolutionary Feminist Who Spoke to the Dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it actually states emphatically that uh, there was such a person and that uh, this person uh, called Victoria Woodall um, was uh, capable of impressing a millionaire Cornelius Vanderbilt and that she helped publishing on her weekly newspaper the first English translation of Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto. Ah, well, then that that makes a lot of sense. Then let's talk more about that when we come back from break. I have some more questions, and I know that you have some more to say about it, I'm sure. Leo Zagami, leozagami.com. He's our guest this evening. You can find his books pretty much everywhere. Check out leozagami.com. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Check out our website, thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe to the show. Get access to everything. And stay with us. We'll be back. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the Montage Archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, 
facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey there, this is Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I am Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting around the world Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM Paranormal Radio app. After the show, you can find the broadcast pretty much everywhere you listen or can listen to podcasts. Our archive on the website has links to all of that as well for easy access. And if you want to get rid of those annoying advertisements, you can simply subscribe to our archive with no ads on the website as well. You'll get access to the montages, the digital books, and more. And this is what supports us. This is what keeps us on air five nights a week on The Fringe and Saturday mornings on Aftermath FM. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email if you want to contact us. I have to repetitively you know, say it over and over again because people tune in and out of the show. That's just how radio works. So if it gets kind of annoying, you know, unfortunately, that's just how radio has to be done. Leo Zagami is our guest this evening. Leo is a good friend of ours here on The Fringe and a good friend of mine here on The Secret Teachings. Leo's written so many books. One of my favorite books that he's written is uh, a book that we've been discussing a little bit tonight. I know Leo has another book coming out. He's going to tell you a little bit about that as well. But before we get into that, I wanted to ask you, Leo, to kind of conclude your thoughts on what you were saying about the, those uh, connections to uh, the, the Communist Manifesto, because I have, a, I have a thought on that I want to share with you and a question I want to ask. Leo, are you there? Yes, sorry. That's okay. You <laughs> so, might have, might have been muted. Yes, yes, I just muted. Um, so yeah, it just confirms first of all the communist uh, uh, tendencies of these people of this side of uh, uh, of mag- magical practitioners here in the United States of America uh, that really seem to be more inclined into the libtard leftist ideology. Uh, we have to understand that that book uh, that we cited earlier by Michael M. Hughes is uh, praised by people like Lomilo Duquette, for example, who is uh, one of the leaders of the Ordo Tempi Orientis uh, here, uh, in, not only in the United States, but in the world, and a known author. So oh, I he, mean, he, he, he supports that and backs that up? Well, you just have to go to I, the I first page of the book, and there is praise for magic for the resistance, and you Let read, me, and, it says, and it says on the first page, all the here. people who support it, and you will have uh, Lomai Luket, uh, who basically says, I'm sorry, I don't have my glasses on, <laughs> I'm going to put them on so I can tell you exactly what he says. That's okay, I'm, lo- I'm looking, because I haven't read the whole book, I've skimmed through it little tiny sections ah, here okay. or there. 
here. Um, it basically says, Romain Roquet says, that, um, okay, guys, because unfortunately my eyes are not as good as they used to be. Uh, vote, organize, march, protest, boycott, resist, be an activist for your beliefs that put your magic where your mouth is, you might want to start by reading magic for resi- the resistance. Oh, so I see, a, I see. A really big endorsement by uh, one of the uh, leaders of the OTO, who, by the way, is also a Bernie Sanders fanatic. I mean, these people are all... They're all, uh, they're all left-leaning, absolutely. Yeah, no, we are always inclined to say that magic Magic, uh, magic uh, is more uh, uh, is being used by the Nazis, by the right wing. Uh, in a way, no, there's always this myth, especially in connection with Nazism, because Nazism in reality used uh, openly these magical tools, and for uh, I mean they were really obsessed with them. But if we go and analyze who the Nazis were, well, the Nazis are uh, simply a derivative of socialism, national yeah. socialism. Yeah, that's Right. It is uh, actually, um, the, I think it was uh, in the, um, there was a conference at one point that uh, was uh, made uh, to, in a way, distance the Nazi party from anything leftist. And it was basically done for a reason. I actually explained it in my new book. I mean, this, all these topics we have discussed tonight are more or less all present in my new book that is uh, about to come out, which is uh, Volume 7, From the Occult Roots of the Great Reset to the Populist Roots of the Great Reject. <laughs> and, and, and it's like uh, I have uh, a lot of esoteric elements in this book, as well as also others that maybe we can discuss uh, later. But uh, when I'm uh, when you're gonna give me my moment of uh, sh- uh, shameless self-promotion, well, well, <laughs> but 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 I mean regarding what uh, um, people like uh, Michael uh, use uh, and use are doing, or people like Duquette, they are basically promoting uh, magic within this uh, ever so popular. Um, leftist uh, socialist slash communism revival which is taking place uh, since uh, we have forgotten the dangers of communism the new generations don't remember anymore what happened during the cold war what we have suffered because of communism and uh, and it's and, and at the same time like 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 I was just saying a moment ago it's very important for people to realize that uh, national socialism really comes from uh, the, that whole leftist setup. The only difference was that one point, because I think it was the, um, the grandfather of, uh, of Bush, who was one of the sponsors of the, of the Nazi party, And because they wanted to use the Nazi party to create a full-on opposition to any communist tendencies that will bring them under the sphere of influence of the Soviet Union, that's where they forced Hitler uh, in 1926 in a conference that was held in Bamberg 
to distance itself from anything that was leftist. But Joseph Goebbels, that you know, became the leader, the head of the propaganda of the Führer, yes. uh, a legendary figure, he himself that day was completely disappointed by what Hitler did. He literally said, I feel as if someone has knocked me on the head. My heart aches so much. A horrible night. Surely one of the greatest disappointments of my life. I do not believe Hitler without reservations anymore. That it was terribly terrible. I have been deprived of my inner self. I am only half. This is what Goebbels said about renouncing communism and socialism publicly by Hitler. So then it makes no sense when you disagree with progressive politics today for someone to call you a Nazi. They're basically calling you what they are. Yeah. And it's uh, this rather dramatic statement that is uh, kind of like uh, not really <laughs> no, brought up by historians <laughs> that we should focus on. Uh, and, 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 and of course, uh, I mean, uh, now that we don't have uh, the same Republican Party, now that George W. Bush is not anymore, he's, he's rather more, he's more loved by the Democrats than he is from the Republicans, we can say that, uh, that the, 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 the Republican Party has started to filter some of their, um, of their criticism and their knowledge about these links that Hitler had. Uh, so, but it's very interesting that people tend to forget you know, that Prescott Bush was involved with Nazism and was one of the main architects of it. Of, because, of course, of, of course. course, Skull and Bones was built on a German patent from the Illuminati. So there was a direct link there with Germany. And uh, if you remember, Prescott Bush was the one who stole, I don't know, which which was that skull, Geronimo's skull. The Geronimo, skull. yeah. The bones. I mean, in a way, we can say that George W. Bush was already the most Catholic president we ever had, even before Joe Biden ever came into place. <laughs> well, so I, I want to ask you this, because in the field of ufology, I know you've spent some time. That is not my own statement. That was the statement of my colleague, Eric Phelps. Uh, in his book, Eric John Phelps, who said it in his book, Vatican Assassins. But it's definitely a statement, a, a statement I share. Well, l let me ask you this, Leo. In, in the field of ufology now, it's very popular for people to use lasers and other things to contact UFOs or to contact spaceships. And I can't help but think that this has kind of a feeling uh, of an Aleister Crowley, John D. Edward Kelly type ceremonial ritualism where people are trying to summon and invoke things they don't fully even know why they're doing it it's just kind of fun that they can talk to an alien maybe or they're delusional what do you think of that what do you think about that in regards to what we're discussing in regards to the magic for the resistance it sounds kind of familiar giving people this false sense of power they have the ability to conjure and invoke things to give them what More they like, want uh, you mean like the Stephen greer project uh, yeah 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 absolutely like Stephen greer project Mm-hmm. Well, it's a little bit like when I tell you to be careful when you summon up things with your OJA board and you, and, and you, and you go into that realm, which is exactly the same realm in which the, the so supposed aliens are. It's, it's very dangerous. And uh, these are uh, situations in which you can, uh, you, you, you can end up uh, attaching yourself to something that then sticks to you. 
that you bring from that other dimension. Yeah, and I think I think the public has been used in order to collectively invoke these energies. And I think that's one of the major reasons we're seeing such a cultural social decline in morality and ethics and virtue and all the things that one might ascribe to, to being that of God or the divine. We're seeing a crumbling of, of the moral fabric because people have invested themselves in these types of things, thinking that it gives them power. I think that this has been all a a preparation, you see, a preparation. It's been a preparation from the time of the, 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 the of Alan Kardec spiritism, this what, whole thing. What's this a preparation for then? What do you think? A preparation for the takeover that, uh, that, uh, that unfortunately is unfolding in front of our eyes. Because like we said, okay, um, the, 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 the reverse engineering, if reverse engineering has brought us from Roswell, everything that we have now in front of us, including our computer and that we are using for this communication, it's a bit, uh, it's very easy for these aliens to really, uh, in a way, it's like they have uh, set up uh, a trap and they're, it's like when a fisherman puts down the net. And in fact, this is the net we are using, no? the worldwide net, no? the, the internet. The Skynet. In the future, we will have also the, the, the yeah, then you have the Skynet, of course. But I mean, the artificial intelligence that unfortunately is the biggest threat of this era is basically a uh, a trap. And of course, yeah, you you just mentioned Skynet, which is a fictional artificial neural network based uh, by on uh, that you found the film Terminator. But in the end. That's what they're trying to do. But if, if as an alien species, I wanted to take over the world, I want to take over the world, uh, at that point, what do I do? Do I really land with the spaceships and, and, and risk an uprising and a resistance? No. I will do something that is much more easy, especially due to the technology that they might have. Now, the interesting thing, uh, uh, there is a film that came out in the early uh, 60s in Italy called Omicron. Oh, yeah, we talked about that on the show. Yeah, I made uh, an article. I used to know the film, the the guy who actually did that film. The director, the writer. The director of it. uh, And and, and he he was a Jesuit student who was very much... Uh, very much in debt with his Jesuit upbringing. He said it many times publicly. Uh, and and he, he was brought up in this Jesuit school in Naples. Uh, he wanted to kind of join La Nouvelle Vague, which was a trend uh, in cinema and movies in that period. But uh, what happened with Hugo Gregoriti is that the concept of that movie is rather interesting because at that time nobody was, I mean, they were still pointing on the external factor, not the, the, the war of the worlds, the UFOs that will land on top of us. Instead, his concept was a different one. The concept was that this alien being takes, possesses a human being, a worker, understands through the eyes of a human being that the best way to control the planet is to actually possess the elite of that planet. Yeah, the leaders, and then use them to build the system of enslavement. 
and then yeah and then use them to 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 build this system of enslavement so i think that the system of enslavement that people like zuckerberg were responsible for the metaverse setting up it's on behalf of these entities Oh, yeah, that, that's exactly what I think, too, Leo. And in fact, do you know anything about Samsung's uh, 6G digital reality? No, I'm, I'm, I'm still a 5G. You're I still haven't the 6G. I'm not actually. My phone is still a 4G, by the way. I refuse to have a 5G phone. <laughs> well, the, the Samsung 6G, uh, they've got a white paper. I'll send you a copy of it here. It's... Yeah. Um, it basically explains, not even basically, it outright explains that the company's goal is by 2030, that interesting year again, to create a system that is totally and absolutely digital, where everything that is in our physical world will be copied and uploaded to it, which we're already doing that through internet interactions and social media. And then that world that they're building will be controlled by machines, and it will be a, a digital sub-reality. But by then, they will have also eliminated part of the human population, and this not only with uh, the biological warfare that is still ongoing, the nuclear one that might follow up. Let's remember that the fact that they are, like we said, they're using now this climate change agenda to rehash the whole nuclear thing. But in reality, we know that when you uh, set up a nuclear plant, you also use it for military purposes because all that uh, nuclear, people think that uh, nuclear warheads uh, come out of thin air. They come out of something that exists uh, in, a, in, in a nuclear plant, in a civil use, and then they bring it onto in, uh, on the missile and they put it as a warhead. <laughs> That's how it's done. <laughs> so so uh, if you don't have the nuclear plant, they can't have the nuclear warheads. That's why they want to go back in it. Aside from the fact that then they want to also enslave us and under the control of the AI and make everything electric and digital, Contrary to the use, uh, I mean, that we make now with the car, which is a free use. Now you come, you, 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 you come with yourself into the car, you go into the self uh, and you put on the car and you are a free being driving across the United States. No, no, that's no longer possible when you have an Elon Musk kind of car in the future, because uh, the artificial intelligence will be deciding, oh, yes, today you can go there. Oh, no, today and that'll you can't. Be based on your social credit score and your carbon output, probably. It would, yeah, it could be on social. It could be based on a, on a number of uh, on a variable uh, things. No, they can simply say say, say to you that uh, today you can't go there because there is this or that, or that they discourage you from going there or whatever, and that's that's it, and you will no longer be able to simply go there because your car will be artificially controlled. By an external well, force. I just so, re- I just read that in the UK. Uh, they're saying, and this is the headline: uh, "Soon Brits will own nothing and be happier for it." They're they're looking to eliminate private car ownership. It, uh, it seems like Klaus Schwab has given a bit a bit too many ideas to these sick people. No? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, of course, uh, like uh, Santa Claus Schwab. Uh, it's been, that's the motto, no? By 2030, you will own nothing and you will be happy. But uh, that is because they, uh, and, and when we said elim- eliminating part of the humankind, elimination of part of the humankind will happen 
with uh, nuclear, nuclear uh, dirty bombs, uh, nuclear warheads in the case of a war. But then we have also the arrival of uh, an external force, the asteroid comet Apophis, which is also a possibility in 2029, right in time right, right for in time. the Great Transformation, yes. Yeah, right in time. And in fact, I think, you know, I think a lot of things are are an incremental process. So like uploading the consciousness that they say can be done into a computer isn't done by plugging yourself into a computer. It's done by digitally copying yourself with all the information you put onto social media, for example. And then I think it's the same thing with exterminating the population. First, you have to, just like in any genocidal practice, you have to make people feel as if they are worthless, that they are less than human, and that then those people will actually justify the extermination of others and themselves. But you have to dehumanize them and that's what the whole idea of being non-essential is all about you are not essential you can be eliminated well you are in arizona and i've uh, launched my book volume 6.66 in arizona also with a conference there uh, before uh, the duchess of york launched another uh, right there uh, near where I was actually doing the conference she launched this project I don't know if you ever heard of it but it sounds very much like uh, something coming out of Hollywood's uh, Transcendence movie with Johnny Depp yeah yeah I've seen that uh, it's, it's, it's basically mm, I mean the movie you know the movie but the reality is that in Arizona Alcor Life Extension Foundation is uh, is already a business for brain storage in liquid nitrogen, by the way. And then, so that, that is something also that should make you a little bit think about, no? Well, that's that's isn't that's what Jeffrey Epstein was doing in New Mexico. They he wanted to cryogenically freeze himself, but he was using women to breed uh, these versions of himself through some well, genetic engineering program. In, Mo- in the Moavi County, there just south of Kingman. You had Sarah Ferguson, Tony Robbins going there to present this big project, this inauguration ceremony for the Pegasus Group, uh, nicknamed the Hive. And uh, this uh, this project uh, was base- is basically about uploading uh, your uh, you know your whole brain. They, they are basically they have selected the Moavi County for his abundant sunshine because they want to have that energy, just like in the film Johnny Depp. No, you have this uh, this reality that uh, it's, 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 it's it's a kind of fantascientific to you know it could be fantascientific but it's it's a real thing uh, that they are doing they are building a uh, 717 acres project on interstate 40 there i don't know how far it's from you but i think it's a little bit far from you um and the real mission of this world the largest uh, solar data center is to upload the brains of the elite and make them live forever. So then let's break this down very, very, very briefly, and then we'll go into giving you a little open floor space here, Leo. And that is, let's just simplify it. I This is how I feel. I want to clarify this is how you feel, that there are people that are possessed in one form or another. They are taking orders from in one form or another. They are invoking for power, et cetera, wealth, et cetera these other dimensional forces that are working through them to build this system, which is requiring the human 
soul or spirit to be eliminated in the promise of everlasting life. So it's kind of like a, a, the antithesis of everlasting life, the antithesis of what religion and spirituality promises us. They are promising us this elixir of life through technology. Well, I mean, we said it from the beginning that everything, anything that goes to the, towards the transhumanist factor, it's really abandoning the concept that we are made in the image of God. Because what? I, I will compromise the image of God by becoming a half a human, half cyborg, or whatever. I mean, it doesn't really fit with what actually our no, uh, no. Judeo-Christian imprint teach us. Well, because the, we should already be perfect the way we are. Well, well right, anything. right, and that's that's the whole argument of the elite and the and the and the technocracy is that humans are are partially uh, a mistake, or that we have issues with uh, our bodies and with our minds. So, because God apparently made a mistake, they believe that themselves, even though they are an extension of God, can fix God's mistake by creating a, a better race of of human. I mean, that seems to be the ideology of the elite. Um, they, they, they don't have uh, any more soul in them. You understand? They're not the elite. They are simply servants of the legion of Satan. Now, you can describe this legion of Satan as being alien or as being something else, but it is the legion of Satan, and this is the satanic takeover that was announced 2,000 years ago uh, by John Patmos in the book of Revelation. We are in front of the mark of the beast simply because the mark of the beast, which is the microchipping of every human on this planet, uh, which is now already happening in Sweden, but it's going to soon happen all over the place in Europe and then probably later starting in 2024-25 also in the United States. Uh, that is the moment in which we draw a line, in which part of mankind has to draw a line and go another way. So there will be two distinct uh, ways of uh, facing this societal uh, collapse and the great reject. There will be those like-minded people like me, you, others. Uh, Jordan here in the Coachella Valley has a great group of people that are all like-minded and want to create an alternative society. Um, and then there will be those who will simply uh, be uh, coerced, pushed towards accepting all these uh, um, vaccines, these impositions and stuff, and they will... Uh, uh, well, they will end up with the mark of the beast and they will lose their soul. I mean, they will lose their soul. And that uh, is what uh, really Satan, if we want to go in traditional Christian terms, wants. He wants your well, soul. We, we, we are facing the construction of pandemonium from Paradise Lost, the, the city envisioned by Maimon giving man the knowledge on how to acquire that everlasting life through material means. And material everlasting life is eternal spiritual damnation. Uh, Leo Zagami, give us your final words and tell us about this new book a little bit. Anything else you have you, you got going on? In this new book, we definitely finally understand the occult roots of this great reset, the lodges, the groups, uh, the, 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 the secret societies, the paramasonic or others that are involved in the creation of it. Because it's not just Klaus Schwab coming out with an idea. No, no, it's, it goes far back. And, uh, and and it, it actually the actual implementation of the World Economic Forum, how it's born, uh, how... 
It, it was actually inspired by the Club of Rome, how the Club of Rome was itself inspired and how it goes back to the Second World War. The involvement, we talk about nuclear now today. We talk about the atom bomb, for example. But did you know that Klaus Schwab's family was actively involved and his company that he then picked up from his father was the company that was uh, uh, Building the turbines used for the production of heavy water in Norway? No, I did not know that. Uh, so, I mean, without the commandos uh, uh, of Norway stopping that project, we will all be Nazis now. So that was, and, and they didn't, uh, the, 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 um, uh, the, the, the allies didn't bomb Schwab's company for a simple reason. They needed that company. Because, of course, do uh, you think uh, they will uh, throw away uh, years and years, decades and decades of research? No. They actually, you know, Schwab's family was so connected to the Nazis that they used people from the concentration camp, Jews, to help them build those turbines, those uh, machines. They actually moved the whole they had their own mini concentration camp adjacent to the to the father to the father's company yeah i mean the allies were told not to they didn't bomb the pharmaceutical companies they didn't uh, bomb and ig did, farb and, and any did, of them and and they didn't bomb that company which was critical in the production of the heavy water now what happened after the war the, after the war, when Klaus Schwab will eventually, after his apart his father started to become kind of very influential already back then, you have to understand that his family was German, but he uh, he made backwards and forwards with Switzerland, and that what happened uh, then was that at one point uh, he uh, got involved in the sixties. After studying, of course, into the company's family's company, you've got you've got about a minute, Leo. Yeah, and then basically at that point he will help uh, countries like Israel, South Africa become also nuclear powers. Just to tell, that's why Schwab is so important. That's why the guy is regarded as a god. The guy is uh, somebody who has something to do with a very critical asset of our time, which is nuclear power. So if you want to know more about all this, volume seven of my confession is about to come out from the occult roots of the great reset to, to the populist root of, of the great reject. Then I also advise you to buy volume 6.66, which is my bestseller, The Age of Cyber Satan, Artificial Intelligence and Robotics. And if you want to also know more about the Jesuits, uh, the, the Sabatian Frankis, the, the, the people who are on top of uh, spiritual controllers of this new world order, volume four also is a very important uh, book, uh, as well as all my other books are all very important for those who want to have an inside look at what really goes on uh, in, in, in all these societies that have uh, merged together for the creation of this uh, reality, which we despise, but we need to know and address so then we can survive it. Now, in yes, my yes. new book, I give also some solution on how to survive all this in the next few years. So this is uh, on the contrary of the other books where I just uh, relay to my readers uh, all the various inside aspects. Here I'm also relaying how we should uh, act 
in order to survive the coming years. And, and that's that's incredibly important. We need to be informed first and foremost. Uh, volume 6.66 is one of my favorite books. That's a great book. It's very similar to my book, The Technological Elixir. Yeah, which is a great book, actually, Technology Elixir. I will, I will actually, I need to cite that book in my new book because it's a very good book. Very good, very good. Thank you, Leo. I appreciate that. LeoZagami.com. Where can they get the books? They can get my books, of course. They can find the links at leozagami.com or they can find all my books, including also Volume 1, 2, 3, Invisible Master, all on Amazon uh, and, uh, and the various Barnes & Noble and whatnot. But I think Amazon is the easiest way to get uh, all my books. Leo Lion Zagami. All right, Leo Zagami. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you all for tuning in this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening www.thesecretteachings.info The plucking of the three horns and the establishment of that little horn, the fourth horn, with blessings of the infernal beast, the year of the tiger, the thousand-year Reich. It's just getting started. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Check us out at thesecretteachings.info everywhere podcasts are streamed and downloaded. And we'll talk to you in the next broadcast. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.